Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And this show is all about helping you master your credit score so you can get that extra credit that you deserve. And today, we want to give a warm welcome back to everybody for joining us again on another episode of the Extra Credit Show. I want to encourage you guys all to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at the Extra Credit Show. You can also find us on Facebook. If you're watching the video, it's because you're on YouTube. But if you're listening to the video, you're listening to the audio, you can see the video on YouTube. So welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a fantastic topic. Very timely, Richard. We're going to be talking about how to wisely spend your tax refund in order to maximize your credit score. Now, last year... Well, maybe actually two years ago, we started to do the Ask the Expert series on Facebook where we would go live and we would talk about things. And this particular topic actually did very well. It's one of our most engaged video casts that we did where we went live because I think a lot of it has to do with the timing of it. You know, people are filing their tax returns and they're expecting a tax refund. And what what does everybody do when they get a tax refund? Well, Well, different things, right? Different things. And, you know, it only totally makes sense. I mean, when you have the money... You have the power to do things. And the last thing people want to do is feel like they've blown it or wasted it on things that they shouldn't have. And so right now is a just a good educational um, show to teach people or give them the options. This is what you should do with it. And so, you know, especially if you're listening to the show, it's, in, it's either in a primary reason that you're listening to the show is because you want to improve your credit. Maybe you're wanting to learn things about improving your credit. And you also have this do-it-yourself kind of spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you, because you are listening to the show. And a lot of the things that go through people's heads is when they have money in motion, they're going to receive a little lump of cash. Um, then they want to do something positive with it, whether it be save it for a down payment on their home. Maybe if they don't qualify for the financing, maybe they want to use it to improve their credit score so that then they can buy a home. But there's a lot of different ways to spend the money on a credit report. And we're going to talk about a few of those ways today. And really, I want to go in detail because when you guys, when we do a Facebook live video, it's really short. We just got to get as much information as we possibly can, but we don't actually break things down. So we're going to try to break things down for you guys. And and hopefully uh, you'll tune in for the whole show. So when we're talking about wisely spending your tax refund in order to maximize your credit score, the very first thing people do is they maybe consider paying off all the collections. Oh, it, So they go through the report and they go, well, I have the money, so I'm just going to pay all my collections off. How or why would that be a wrong choice to do? Well, there's several reasons, but one of the major ones is what if these debts or these collections were near the statute of limitations for credit reporting? Um, if these accounts are six years or older, you may have just been throwing your money away um, because they're going to be falling off the credit report within a few months anyways. So it would be more wiser to research when the statute of limitations for, the, for these collections are up and then make an informed decision of what you should pay and what you shouldn't. Now, in a previous podcast where we discussed the rule of seven years, we actually brought up this exact topic mm-hmm. is how are we going to choose which accounts to pay off? Mm-hmm. And one of the primary things that we look at initially is when does this account hit the seven years Hmm. and now we have the ability to look at a credit report and decipher it and know okay this account goes back to 2010 this account goes back to 2011 Um, and so that helps us calculate that the seven-year mark is going to come in 2017 or 2018 whatever it may be but you're right it's 2018 the last thing you want to do is pay off a seven-year-old debt that is going to be falling off this year you know that that's the last thing that you would want to do because it would be using good money to pay something that is not really going to net you a benefit on your credit score. That is correct. So 
that's definitely don't blindly pay off all of your collections. Now, we say that because we don't just simply want you to go through the report and send a bunch of people money because that's not going to improve your score. There's right ways and wrong ways to handle collections. Um, I'm not saying that we're not going to pay some of the collections. Oftentimes, we end up having to pay them if they are within the statute of limitations. But there's know, sometimes when we have to pay them all. Exactly. It is definitely a case by case basis. But so so if you if we're looking at a, at a credit report and we're looking at accounts and they're maybe approaching the seven year mark, we can decide, OK, we're going to avoid those accounts. We're not going to spend our money on those accounts. Right. But how do we do we then just pay all the newer accounts or what is the best way to pay an account that we know is within the statute of limitations? We know it's legitimate and we know we're going to have to spend some money there. Now, what do we do? Do we just write them a check paid in full? What is the best approach to paying off a collection? Well, the next I would I wouldn't say the best approach, but the next approach, if you've already discovered what's going to be falling off soon, would be determining whether a collection is a standalone collection or a collection that's tied with another creditor. And what I mean by that is sometimes collection accounts are accounts that are on your report twice. For example, you may have a credit card like um, Bank of America or an American Express that you let go several years ago. You stopped paying them, so the account has been charged off. Well, now that account is reporting on your credit report twice. One entry is from American Express, one entry is from the debt collector that purchased it. You know, if the account is on your credit report twice, I'm not saying you shouldn't address it, but you may want to wait till the end because there may be standalone collections that you could possibly take care of that will completely disappear from the credit report. What do you mean by completely disappear by the credit report? Well, for example, I just gave you the, I just gave you the, the American Express and the collection agency reporting twice. What if it's an account that's, um, let's call it, uh, you know, XYZ Hospital, wherever you're from. Ho the hospital that you, uh, that you were delivered services at, they are not credit reporting. The only reason that account's on your credit report is because they assigned it to a collection agency to report on their behalf, collect on their behalf. So the only entry is the collector. If you deal with this collector and somehow convince them to delete this account from your credit report, that's it this XYZ hospital will no longer be on your credit report. Whereas if you dealt with the American Express collector, even if you somehow convinced that collector to remove the account from your credit report, American Express is still on there. It's still a derogatory entry. So the difference between XYZ hospital and American Express would be that XYZ hospital does not sell the debt or and they also don't credit report as a as a creditor. Exactly. So the collection agency that they assign the debt to reports as a creditor. Only on the one report. entry. Exactly. One entry only. And if you and if you're talking about a creditor, and it's not just American Express, it's really any major bank. Correct. They will oftentimes, more often than not, sell the debt, and now you have the original charge off from the creditor. Correct. And then an entry from the debt collector that bought it. Correct. Perhaps even a third entry if they file suit. Correct. So and the, uh, the big theme is that you can't have double reporting. But in this case, you have original creditor Amex and debt collector reporting. Is that legit? Is that legal in under credit reporting guidelines? It is. It is because um, American Express or whichever bank, they have a right to report that you essentially stop paying them and they have a right to report for seven years. When they sell the debt, um, XYZ collection agency, they're now full owners of the debt. 
they now have a right to report that you owe them money because they purchased all the rights. So there's nothing wrong with this. So And so the distinction is that you can have original creditor and debt collector reporting at the same time, and that's okay as long as the original creditor reports that the debt has been sold, mm -hmm. and then the indebtedness is owed now to the debt collector that bought it. If you have two balances reporting on the credit report, that's and they're both claiming that you owe the balance, that is the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important distinction, very technical distinction. Um, you gotta know what you're looking at. So, so backtrack in there. The next step would be, after you figure out what's gonna fall off is, Figure out which accounts you can address, which will completely come off the report and not leave any residue behind. And and, and the reason why I, I really like that approach is because we're talking about maximizing your score. Exactly. And when, when we want to get the most points or the most points for your buck, right? The most bang for your buck is which account can we actually delete off the record mm -hmm. that would net us the most points? Because if you delete a, an account, it's going to net you more points than if you just pay it and it remains on there as a paid account or exactly. the negative entry the original negative entry remains on there you're still going to be losing points for it so exactly. absolutely fantastic approach now now that you brought that up and you mentioned earlier if you somehow convince the creditor to delete it mm -hmm. let's go a little bit deep on that because the name of the game in credit repair is to delete negative entries from the credit report how do people do that so by contacting them you need to well there's multiple ways, but if we're talking about maximizing your dollars, we've skipped a certain portion of it. Now, well, we're let's go back to XYZ Hospital. Okay. XYZ Hospital is on the credit report by the debt collector. How do you get that debt off the report? So the original way would be attempting to dispute it if you don't recognize it. But if you recognize it again, we're going to skip through all that and we're going to talk about contacting XYZ Collection Agency. Because we've 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 determined that we're going to pay these people. So we're talking about people that uh, that we've already determined we're going to pay them. Correct. Right. So so we contact the collection agency. And once we contact the collection agency, you negotiate with them. You don't negotiate for a lesser dollar amount necessarily, although that's also possible. You negotiate for the removal of the entry on the credit report. You convince them that uh, that as part of you taking your money, they have to completely take it off the report and generally you also want it in writing so this is we're about to go into very technical stuff uh so bear with us um we're going to try to simplify it as much as possible um we call that in the industry a pay for deletion correct right so it's, it's a very simple concept you negotiate with the debt collector that if you pay the account they delete it from the credit report i used to know not, it as a bullseye not so easily done though no. right not all creditors will agree to it so the concept is that they they your the creditors will maybe throw up a red flag and it's becoming more and more often that they deny it and the, in fact they will say our company does not delete that's actually the biggest objection I've heard lately is you know what our company will not delete and sometimes you can entice them by I'll pay the account in full I won't even haggle you will you please delete this account off my credit report plus like you said you want it in writing too before you give them any money. If the company throws up a big red flag because you're essentially just asking them to delete it in exchange for a payment, the the actual technical argument is that they're in violation of their agreement with the credit bureaus. So okay. the, part of their credit reporting agreement that they have with the bureaus is that they have to report everything accurately. Sure. And they can't do pay for deletions, essentially. Okay. You know, it's part of the language in their contract. So I can see why they would be hesitant to violate this agreement with the bureaus because then maybe they can lose their reporting privileges. So the one thing that we've found that works 
pretty much every time is we have to find a reason beforehand why we want that account deleted. Exactly. You know, this is um, this is some of the stuff that we're using every day, guys. So pay attention, take some notes because here it comes. You want to give them a reason why they need to delete the account. Of and course. simply paying it is not a good reason. No. You know, very every once in a while an agency will say, sure, no problem. But for the most part, if you're throwing up a big exception, you're, you're the re, part of the reasons that you can give as to why they need to delete the account is you never got the first notice, right? That's a big one. That's a huge one, actually, because now the the entity or the collector who's reporting it, um, now they're breaking their own laws, uh, that go the laws that govern their industry. The collection industry is one of the most overregulated industries around, uh, and for a good reason. You know, the uh, collectors, by nature, their goal is to take money from you, get collect money from you. And so they, they go overboard and they, they'll use some tactics that are just downright illegal. And so they have to be regulated. But if they don't send you a dunning notice is what it's called, uh, the first notice, you've never been given the opportunity to pay this debt to challenge this debt or what what if that what if this debt was assigned to their agency erroneously what if the original creditor didn't even bill you never even told you that you owed money if they never sent you this first notice they're actually in violation of collection laws and there's recourse against that so that would be a reason why simply paying the debt would be uh, they it would convince them to delete it so sometimes mail never gets to you you know sometimes they could send a letter and for some reason you just never got it. It might have been lost in transition. And the point that that creates is that because you never received that notice is a proper reason for them to delete the account from the credit report. And a good example of that is when they receive a return mail, that's verified proof that you did not receive the first notice, right? They have, they log it in their system that this was a return to sender. And if you ask them to delete it because there's proof you never got the first notice, they're very likely going to do it because that is a legit reason why they can delete an account from a credit report and it's not in violation of their credit reporting re agreement with the credit bureaus that same mechanic even though you know it's a hard evidence that it was returned is the same thing that can be used if you legitimately did not receive the mail of course because it happens all the time what oftentimes you get sent a collection notice for a water bill on a property you already moved out of, oh. but they sent it to the original service address. To this day, I'm still getting some of my letters from for neighbors. And if I'm not nice enough to give it to them, they'll never know about it. And so creating that situation of, all right, I never actually got the notice, then is a good enough reason to get that account deleted from the credit report, or it makes it easier to convince them. Um, another a potential reason especially if we're talking about medical debts is some type of insurance billing error right mm -hmm. maybe you weren't necessarily liable for the debt insurance wasn't billed correctly there's a lot of things that can happen there that can create a circumstance or an atmosphere of okay this account has legitimate reason to be deleted from the credit report if the consumer is is going to pay it right That's so correct so you're not straight up like bribing them i'm going to pay it to delete it there's legitimate circumstantial reason to delete it and of one of the things where all that is going to implode is if they've actually talked to you before exactly right so if they've actually have documented that they've attempted to collect this debt and talked to you before and you blew them off and you you know just didn't care about it um then maybe all that's going to implode and they're not going to want to delete it that that happens too what do you recommend in a situation like that do they still pay the debt do they not pay the debt what what would you uh tell the public that this is what they should do well I would say come back to that for a later time. 
start focusing on the ones that will delete first. I'm not saying ignore it completely, but since we're maximizing credit score potential, you leave it towards the end to where there's nothing else you can do to squeeze more points and then you'll address it. Right. And, and that's exactly it. Because, you know, like the, like the example that we used at the beginning, we could potentially settle Amex, but if we're not going to get that deleted, which we know Amex is not going to delete it, you know, most of the time in exchange for a deletion, um, then we're going to focus on which accounts we can delete. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what the, the topics that we just covered is creating that atmosphere of, hey, this account legitimately needs to be deleted and here's the reason why. Um, if you're in the military, right, and, oh, and you, wow. you yeah. move around yeah. a lot, maybe mm -hmm. you move states a lot, you're out of the country a lot, you're, you're, you know, you're on deployment, um, there's a lot of extra rules that would apply to you and you can use that as leverage to convince a creditor to delete it if you pay it. Now, a lot of people always say like, well, do you believe the debt collector? Do I actually just pay them and take their word for it? How is that <laughs> best handled? Never believe a collector. Now, now you know, and, and I'm going to throw this in there because we've been in the industry for a long time and there's a lot of collectors who we deal with that will legitimately, you know, do what they say. And, you know, not every collector out there is a bad guy out to get you. Uh, but most of them are, unfortunately. It's just, it's just it, what it is. Um, their turnover rate is so high that collectors aren't in the industry long enough to learn morals and learn what's right and what's wrong. They just want to get their money, unfortunately. Um, that's why they're the most complained industry in this nation. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you're right. They are very highly complained against. And uh, part of it is because of the tactics that they're using, the intimidation tactics that they're using. But, you know, I always say that an informed consumer is a debt collector's worst nightmare. Right. They, they really are. If you're if you're a consumer and you know the rules and you know how to navigate this, then you, the debt collector is not going to be able to bully you around. That's actually the whole point of the show. So thank you all for listening, because we're helping create informed consumers so that you don't have to be scared to deal with debt collectors, whether it be you exercising your right on a pay for deletion or whether you'd be trying to get the best settlement possible. You, you, you we're hoping that you understand and learn the rules. So the best policy is. Can you go to a judge six months down the line if things just go haywire and tell the judge, well, they promised me a deletion. Is that going to get you anywhere with the judge? Probably not. Unless you have some sort of hard evidence to show him that this deletion was supposed to take place or whatever the negotiation may be. It just doesn't never exist. It doesn't work. It's 2018. You know, they all have the ability to send you an email, send you a fax. Like it's not that difficult to get a letter in writing that says that they're going to delete the account from the credit report. Um, mm. you, they can email it, they can fax it, they can do whatever. So, And if they put up the excuses, because some, some of them will, oh, you're in California, I can't fax you this, I can't email you this. There's ways around that too. Okay, let me send you written authorization saying that you can fax me and then you can email me and voila, objection overcome. Or you write the letter, send it to them and have them sign it. There you go. You know, if they don't have a letter ready to go, they can't just write a letter. Well, you offer the to write the letter, send it to them. And obviously you're going to write the language that you're going to pay the account for X amount. And if you do, they're going to delete it from the credit report. Now have them sign it. So there's ways to navigate that, but you always got to make sure that you document, document, document. So, you know, we talked a little bit about should people pay collections in order to maximize their tax refund. But the other thing that comes is is do they settle their debts pay them in full or dispute them now i want to talk about the first part of that real quick is is there a benefit 
in settling a debt versus paying one in full. So going back to the Amex, for some reason, we're just going to pick on Amex today. If you're going to deal with that account, that account is now in collections, it's been charged off, it's at a third party. Is it best to settle that for points, you know, credit score wise, or pay that in full? Which one nets you the most points and what tactic or strategy would you use? There's no difference between paying a charged off account in full or if you get the account liquidated for one penny. It reports the same way. Uh, you know, account paid after charge off. So really, the the benefit would be settling and saving as much in your pocket as you possibly can. Take the savings. Mm -hmm. Take the savings for sure. Absolutely. You know, that's part. Everybody knows that you can negotiate and settle a debt. And the most the more that you settle, the more that you save. I mean, it's just it's just part of the game. Um, if you if you're thinking that maybe if you pay that debt in full, it's technically no. not going to be worth the extra dollars. You're not going to get points extra for it. Settle the debt. The reporting is the same. It's a zero balance. The account is already a negative item. It's already hurting the score. It's not going to hurt the score any less if you pay it in full. Yeah, I always I always give a simple analogy. You know, back when you were in school and the teacher gave you a homework assignment and you turned it in late, you're just not going to get full credit for it. I don't care how well you did on the homework. You're going to be docked points. Credit is the same way. Once it's a charge off, that's it. The damage is done. Even if you pay them, you pay them in full, you're not going to get the same amount of points. So why why bother? Unless you delete it. Well, sure. Now, if you delete it, it's completely undone. So that's the difference in the point that we're trying to drive home is if you delete it, you get all the points back. It never mm. happened. Mm. If you settle it and the battle mark remains on there... Um, or you pay it and but the bad mark remains on there, get, you still don't get. Getting it deleted is like a teacher's aide going in there and manipulating the teacher's book. It really is. It's a, it's a uh, bit of a, a, of a hack. But you know what? There's circumstances where it's appropriate, where mm -hmm. it's deserving. And, and if you use that in the right spots, you're going to gain a major credit score increase versus just paying an account or se settling an account. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, back to the topic. If you have money in motion, you're getting a nice tax refund. A lot of the people that are looking into credit repair start to understand the dispute process or they start to learn about the dispute process. And when it comes to looking at your debt and you know that these accounts, you've, we've already ascertained that they're less than seven years old, that we got to pay them. One of the things that people will try to do is dispute them. Now, so what do you do? You have money in motion coming in. You, we're going to pay these debts. Possibly, do we pay them, settle them or dispute them? Like what What do you, what, what would you say to the consumer that's looking into fixing their, their credit do you just recommend that they dispute all the accounts? Like, you know, should they embark on that journey prior to settling or instead of settling? Well, the answer there is going to vary depending on the situation. As a general answer, if you have time, I would say dispute the accounts that you know are not 100% accurate or that you may not recognize. It may save you a lot of money. These accounts may not be validated uh, and they'll just fall off the credit report and that's less money you're going to have to pay. So, yes, start off with a dispute. Going but, back to going back to Amex, in the same example, should someone dispute the Amex? No, no. You, no matter what, Amex is not going to come off the credit report. If it's legit. If so it's we're, legit. We're, this is all assuming that Amex belongs to you and you recognize it and it's less than seven years old. Okay. Right? Should they dispute it before trying to settle? No. I like that answer. I really do. I, I really don't think that... People should blindly dispute blindly dispute Amex um, because it's very highly unlikely. I you know I don't want to use the word impossible, but it's not going to come off the credit report if you dispute it because it's 2018. They validate these accounts because they have all the records now. It's all electronic. They're not going to have to shred documents. You know, it's, 
They can keep them for a while. So if you ask them for proof, it's very likely that they're going to have it. And keep this in mind, folks. There are humans on the other end of these phone calls, and these humans tend to have human nature. And if you start disputing this account till kingdom come, uh, they're going to be upset with you. So when it comes time to negotiating, they may not want to give you a good deal because you gave them a lot of hassle. You made them work for absolutely no reason at all. And that's exactly the point is if you in the same situation and, you know, it's we're just picking on Amex, but it's really applicable with any major bank that if you put them through the ringer. And Amex, you, you're the best. I have you. <laughs> <laughs> if you put them through the ringer and you make them validate the account over and over and over and over again. And finally, you're like, well, I guess it's time to settle it. They're not going to bend over backwards to try to give you a good deal on a settlement no. because you just sent them all these crazy validation letters. You disputed it at the credit bureau um, and you made them do extra work um, over and over again. When you knew is, you shouldn't have. Which, which is a <laughs> fine line because it is a fine line because we, we say, you know, it is your right to have an account validated against you. right? Yes. That, that, that is a right under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. It's like, hey, that account, I don't, I don't recognize it. Um, so we do employ that tactic a lot, but, but when we're looking at an account and we're like, okay, this is Amex or this is your account, not just Amex, this is your account. It is two years old, three years old. You stop paying for it. It's in collections right now. Everything checks out. You recognize the account. The dates are right. You know, it all checks out. It is a very bad idea to try to dispute that and then try to settle it later. You're going to be putting yourself at a tremendous disadvantage to try to settle that in the future. So oftentimes, if it all checks out, we skip the dispute process and go, this account, we're going to have to settle and we're going to leave it alone until you're ready to settle because that's how we're going to get you the best discount possible. And remember, Amex may be reporting twice on your credit report. Let's say you do have success getting one deleted. The other entry still there. The collector still there. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because if you're, you're looking on the Internet and you're going to be finding um, examples of people getting uh, big banks off of the credit report like Amex, it, it, it's there's so many circumstances where that could have happened, like like Amex selling it and then they disputed it off to the collection agency. But that collection agency had sold it again. So when they disputed it's supposed to come off because that collection agency sold it. So they removed themselves from the report. And then a couple months later, the new agency reinserts the account on the report. And you don't read that on the Internet because someone's like, oh, I disputed it and it came off of my credit report. This is awesome. But then they're not going to come back and say, hey, this account was reinserted when the new debt collector bought it. Um, so there's a lot of nuances there to be aware of. You know, again, when we're talking about potentially figuring out if we're going to settle an account, you want to be careful if we're going to dispute it first. So if you're thinking about using your tax refund to improve your credit score, we got to calculate and actually look at the report and figure out this account I'm going to ignore because it's more than seven years old. This account we're going to settle because we know that we got to settle it because it's significantly less than seven years old and it's all legit. It's all reporting correctly. You know, you got to, you just got to, like you're, you're, it's unlikely that you're going to get away with not paying a major bank. As a gen, exactly. As a general rule of thumb, most banks you're just going to have to settle. They're not going to go away. Um, think about it this way, guys. Banks they live and die through the credit reporting system. They make money by lending money, 
And the way they determine who they're going to lend money to and at what terms is the credit reporting system. So they want to make sure that the integrity of that system is just phenomenal because they rely on it. So the last thing they're going to want to do is manipulate or cheat that system to defraud or fool other banks. You're just not going to convince them to cheat that system. Therefore, you're more than likely going to have to address it at one point. Yeah. And, you know, so unless you're planning on waiting the full seven years, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you know your seven years is in 2020 or 2021 and you don't want to wait till then, it is very likely that you're going to have to settle up with them now in 2018 to try to get this account um, resolved. Now, so, you know, while we're on that topic, we talk about deleting accounts and that's awesome for the credit score. If you can get a deletion, do it. But then what if you have an unpaid, the same Amex account, you have the unpaid Amex account. We love versus, you, Amex. <laughs> versus the paid Amex account. You know, does one hurt more than the other? Unpaid Amex versus paid Amex. So the unpaid Amex is going to hurt just a bit more for different reasons, uh, especially if you're in the purchase for something like, let's say, a house. That's that's the common one that we always get. Someone wants to buy a house. It Not only is it going to affect your credit score, but it'll affect your ability to purchase a home. Um, most lenders, uh, mortgage lenders, are going to want you to pay that Amex because they don't want that Amex account to come back and sue you and be a risk to their you know, investment. So... If you get an account deleted, you get a lot of points. If you have an unpaid account and you settle it, you don't you don't get as many points as if it was deleted, but it's still worth points. Yes. There's still points on the table that you can grab. Sure, there's some so, points. So definitely is why, you know, you would want to resolve an account like that, like an Amex. Plus, you know, the a big bank, if you owe them a few thousand bucks, you're a very high probability that they're gonna sue you and things just get more complicated from there. We could do a whole nother show on it. But definitely realize that when you're going through a credit repair journey, it is very likely you're going to have to pay some of these debts back that are within the statute of limitations. So if you ever speak to a company that tells you not to pay any of your debts, just run away. Don't listen to them. You you, you have to pay some of your debts, unfortunately. The, the topic of the show, though, is how to do it the right way to maximize your score. And if you're listening to the show and you're like, well, Anselmo and Richard, I, I don't have any collections. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty good in that department. I, I'm I pay all my bills, but my credit cards are all maxed down. How can I best use my credit score, um, or what balance should I bring down my credit cards to maximize my score? And I think that is is introducing a big common question: is do I pay my credit card balances down to fifty percent or forty percent or thirty percent? You know, I've heard all the percentages. Um, so if indeed you don't have any collections to deal with, you don't have any charge-offs to deal with, all you have is a bunch of credit cards because you you haven't stopped paying for them, but you're they're maxed out. Do you use your tax refund to bring those down to maximize your score? Absolutely. Um, now the the thirty five percent rule or whatever percentage you hear of, it's a good rule as a general thumb uh, rule. You know, it, it's it's a good number to strive for. But the best number is zero. No matter what, zero is absolutely the best number. But Richard and Anselmo, you know, um, I've always been told that I need to show activity on my card and I need to keep balances so that my, my credit is active. Listen, you can use your card and pay it off in full every single month and there'll be activity on the account. The account will not close. 
That doesn't mean that you need to leave a balance at the end of the month because the name of the game is debt to credit ratio, debt utilization ratio. The lower the utilization ratio, the higher the score. I know a lot of people may, may disagree, especially if they're in finance. <laughs> they might disagree with the 0%. Um, yeah. uh, but here's the difference. Um, in the last 12 years, we've seen thousands of credit reports, tens of thousands of credit reports. And we also have credit ourselves. And we've actively worked these credit files. And we, we see every single day that if I tell a client to bring down their balances to 40%, their score goes up. If I tell them to bring it down to 20%, their score goes up more. And if they bring it down and pay them off to zero, their score goes up even more. I always tell my clients, the more you bring it down, the more points you'll get all the way to zero. So mm -hmm. just pay off your cards. If you know anybody that has a crazy good score, an 820, an 840, anything over 760 really, the one thing that they have in common, all of them, is zero debt. They hate debt. They pay off all their bills. It could be because they don't like debt. They don't like to pay interest on the balances. Exactly. Whatever the reason may be, these, these consumers are frugal. They pay off all their bills and they always have a zero balance on their credit cards and they always have an 800 credit score. If that same consumer maxed out his card, he would be kicked out of the 800 club and he would be in the 700 club where everybody else that has credit card balances. So, you know, if you dollar for dollar, bang for bang, paying down your credit card balances is the single best use of your tax refund by far. Absolutely. Don't go paying off your car just because you don't want to have debt. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's nothing else but a car debt, you may want to pay it down, but credit card debt is what's going to help you the most. Plus, those accounts are not going to close once you pay them down to zero, whereas other accounts will, like your vehicle, yeah. like your personal loans, and that will have impacts on your credit as well. Now, that might be a common misconception, too, is that, actually, I get this a lot, is if I pay off my car, what's that going to do to my score? Bring it down. Potentially, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it doesn't have the same effect that paying down your credit card does because cars are installment loans. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd think, well, I just paid off a $25,000 loan. It should bring up my score way up. Well, not necessarily, right? It, it works different. It's a different dynamic than a revolving account like a credit card. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, so really, if you're, if you're receiving tax refunds, there's a lot of things that you can do with it. And if you're interested in improving your score, hopefully some of the categories that we touched on are applicable to you. Right? Maybe you have some collections and you need to figure out which ones you're going to deal with. Maybe you have some credit cards and you want to understand how to pay them all off in order to correctly maximize your score. Like I have people that will literally go, well, 30% is the magic number, so I'm literally paying them all down to 30%. And it actually works. I mean, their score does go up. Yeah. But it could have gone up even more if you brought them down to zero. Another thing you guys want to think about is if there is a balance on a credit card, you run the risk of running a 30-day late payment because life happens. Sometimes you may legitimately just forget to pay that payment. If there's no balance on the credit card, no matter what happens, you'll never get a 30-day late payment. It happens It happens to my clients all the time. They've been, they, they've been paying their accounts fine for five years, six years, and then just out of nowhere, you know, a, a loved one died and they completely forgot about paying this one credit card and boom, they got a 30-day late that they're gonna have to deal with for seven years if they can't convince that creditor to remove it. So, you know, you definitely wanna avoid having a late payment on the credit report for, for whatever reason. Credit 
reporting or, or accounts being laid on a credit report are probably one of the worst things that can happen to a credit score and it's going to plummet the score so whatever safety precautions you can have set aside in your personal finance system to avoid late payments would go a long way and if one of those one of the best ones to have is just simply don't carry balances that's a great safety precaution to have in order to avoid late payments regardless of the situation so that that's something that happens often um, so hoping that one of these topics applied to you right maybe you have collections maybe you want to decide to pay some accounts or dispute them um, maybe you don't have any credit exactly right? that's the that was the final topic i wanted to touch up on some people literally just don't have credit they might be graduating from high school and they want to embark on their you know credit journey if you will uh, if you're getting a tax refund and you want to know how to maximize your dollars well you can start by getting a credit card out of any account that you can possibly obtain the credit card is going to serve you the best score wise because the credit card is going to stay open indefinitely if you've never failed with them before that means one inquiry for an account that can potentially be 30 40 50 years old and the reason why getting a tax refund is a good time to get these is because if you don't have any credit it's difficult to get a regular credit card so you get a secured one so you may have to start off with secured products and there's secured cards and there's also secured loans look them up at your local credit union secured loans are a fantastic way to start building credit mm -hmm. and but but you need money for it exactly right? you need money to put down as collateral to get the, the the financing for the item so it's it's a it's an awesome way to build credit but you do need some money for it and oftentimes people are a little bit cash short um, but if you're getting money from your tax refund it's a great way to use it Bam. you're not actually spending money what you're doing is you're say putting it in the bank they're loaning you money off of that collateral and as you pay it back they give you your money back so it's a fantastic product we would highly recommend it write it down secured credit cards secured loans so that about covers all of the topics that we wanted to touch on today except for the extra credit task of the week exactly we're, we're bringing it back this week and it's going to be a little bit different because it's kind of like some makeup homework mm -hmm. you know we've had a lot of extra credit tasks of the week a lot of them have required a little bit of money like pay down your credit cards that was an extra credit task of the week or um take a look at your debts and figure out which ones you're going to wait on because they're going almost seven years and figure out which ones you're going to pay on because they're not near seven years so here's a chance if you're having money in motion with a tax refund to do those tasks if you need to Pay off some accounts because you know you calculated that these are, need to be paid off. Now you have the now's your chance. Or if you just need to pay off some credit cards and see where your score goes, now is your chance as well because hopefully you're getting a tax refund that's going to allow you to do this. And if you don't have any credit, the task of the week is to get you some credit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's about it for me, Richard. You got anything else? No, at this point, just keep listening to us. Um, we're going to have some more great topics for you in the future. Um, and thank you for listening to us. So just to let you guys all know, we publish our episodes every single Friday. So come back next Friday. Hopefully you're subscribed so you get a notification that the new show is up. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel or leave us a comment below. Let us know how we're doing and if we can cover or address any topics that you'd wish. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, send us an email, theextracreditshow at gmail.com and let us know what topic we can cover for you. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.